Welcome to another edition of Pull the Goalie. This is your host, Peter Bradburn, along with Joe Scots. Evening, Scotsy. Evening, Peter. Um, this, we were going to look back at our memorable British playoff memories, if we have any, or if we can recall any. Um, plus, we'll just be waffling on about anything hockey that springs to mind. Um, literally because there's naff all going on at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's, it could be a, a long show, it could be a short show, or it could be a something else that ends in show. We'll come up with something even if we have to fill time. Oh, yes. So, don't be surprised if this is very, very short. Um, right, the... I'm trying to think what the word is. It's not negatives, the, the objectives, technically. It's not the word I'm thinking of, but we'll use it anyhow. Uh, is literally any moment from British ice hockey playoffs from the past. Uh, I did say it was going to be one for our own team and then one that wasn't involved. Um... But because I've not really done much research, or the fact that I have one side of a very small sheet and then one scoreline on the back, um, it's not been the greatest note-taking, I'll be honest. Um, but I, as you're the guest, Joe, I will let you go first on either topic. See, what you're really saying is, you're letting me go first because I'm the guest. What you really mean is, you're letting me go first so you can research another game. I I am torn between two. So I've got three on here in general. Basically, I kept the same thing we had last week, other than the fact that I couldn't think of anything for separate decades. So I just went with my three favourite games, as it were. And the first one I'll go with is one of the more recent ones. Uh, Sheffield Steelers 6, Cardiff Devils 5, the double overtime game in 2017. Mm. I think genuinely it's like, some people obviously look at it and think that it's not the greatest game in the books, but I sat at home watching that game thinking that it, you were just watching Irvin's Mustakovs and Ben Bounds put on a net-minding clinic that day. Well, if you discount the first 40 minutes of it anyway, because the thing that makes that game... So, I'll say impressive is that the fact you had five all at 40 minutes, 55 seconds, or around there, and then 54 minutes of nothing but moose and bounds mm. keeping teams out before Mike Forney steals it for the Steelers in the 94th minute. Mm. It's, I haven't, I don't recall from me ever watching it, because obviously... I haven't been a hockey fan for as long as you in terms of British game, but I don't recall a playoff final going to double overtime like that anyway. That kind of ties in nicely with my <laughs> my one. Um, but going to your game, um, if memory serves as well, it was on BBC Online. Yes. 
because they wanted to plug the uh, the British game. And what better way than having it on kind of free sports or <laughs> on, some, on, a, on a red button? Yeah, on a red button was to solely have it on kind of BBC Online. Um, so I I do remember that game. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember something else about it, and I can't. Uh, well, I just whipped up the uh, game sheet from it quick. Cardiff were 3-1 up before the Steelers scored three goals in four minutes to take the lead. Cardiff equalised again, so Sheffield scored again, and then it was a goal literally 40-54, and then you had 54 minutes of nothing. You had Mustakovs and Bounds combine for 94 saves throughout the game. It was one of those games where you looked at it and you thought, this is a good advert for why the Elite League should be on television. And we're three years down the line and games are sporadically on free sports channel yeah. that people couldn't get for the longest possible time. And if it's anything like this year, you're only guaranteed to ever see the Cardiff Devils play. Because mm. so, I'm, I'm trying to... I think that's probably the best playoff final probably of the last few years that I can think of in the Elite. In the Elite, particularly, yeah. yeah. It's just... Because... Yeah, it was... It, in a way, it was the perfect advert for why it should be... Hockey should be on mainstream TV. Yeah. And no one really took it up on the opportunity. No. Because... Because I think it was just during the uh, GB winning... Promo- I'm trying to remember if it was winning promotion... With uh, the hungry prior to no, that, or was that it? Was, the GB hungry was the year after. GB hungry would have been was twenty eighteen. It was the year after. Yeah. So, but there was a good. There, but again, he's going into that whole thing. There was a good run. You had an elite league grand final that went six five. You then had GB hungry to qualify for the top tier. Last year, you have the incredible moment of them beating France to stay in it, mm-hmm. and just. I, we said this last week where they had like a topic that you could be here discussing for an entire hour the week after and the fact that GB hockey doesn't get recognised as a major sport or at least a high end minor sport in this country in terms of TV coverage hmm. is another thing you could be talking about for a good hour, hour and a half yeah. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> I'll I'm all I can think of at the moment when he Mustakovs is just his kind of weird obsession with cats that always used to be on Twitter. Um, and the fact that people seem to have this on, ongoing game of try and get blocked by like Mustakovs every single time. Uh, to which I think he'd blocked half of Nottingham, half of Cardiff, um, just anyone that was kind of facing Sheffield at that time. He just seemed to block everyone. I think he blocked me for about a week. Don't blame him. And I, I don't even recall messaging him. I think I was included in a in a tweet. But that I think that's how I got blocked by Troy Bachelor. I was involved Welcome in a tweet. Yeah. It was probably the reason but just in keeping with the theme of the show, obviously being goalie centric, Mustakovs had 35 saves in the 94 minutes. Ben Bounds had 55. Mm. 
that so. that game really was probably the first time a lot of people would have got the chance to see Ben Bounds do well, basically what he's come known to be over the last couple of years. Ben Bounds doing Ben Bounds things. Yes. Is in a in a nutshell. Um touching on what you said about you don't recall games going to genuinely so again I think we discussed this obviously off Mike saying about how we could fill episodes in and discussing how we got into hockey hmm. I fell off a cliff in terms of hockey that the first year back was 2012 2013 hmm. was watching it so if anything before that oh this is well I... before 2013 exactly so I'm going to listen like an excited schoolboy here. so um, strangely enough this I'm going to say this, and you, you'll pull a face as if to say, what? The uh, game I'm going to mention went to six overtimes, but it was the equivalent of two periods. Yep. Um, so the date, was, the date was March 22nd, 1997, at the 9X Arena, as it was then. As the Air Scottish Eagles faced the Nottingham Panthers in a game that saw, I mean, this is how you. Ex- is this Super League com- days? Yeah, this is Super. This is the second. No, isn't it? It's the. I think it's the first Super League season. Yeah, would have been the first Super League season. Um, in which Air was five-two up. And cruising with 80 seconds to go. Oh no. Um, to which two goals by Mike Bishop, I think he got the, the tying goal, and Neil Morgan made it 5 5. Um, and then from after that, the Super League adopted the continuous overtime okay. rule. However, they thought they'd be a bit outside the box uh, in the sense that every overtime period would be played over 10 minutes. So, okay. when, I, when I'm, I was... I'm, I'm keeping with you, yeah, yeah. When I was thinking about this the, the other week, because I, I always recall kind of the game vividly, because um, I remember Gabby... She was Gabby Yoroff at a time, was the presenter, and the game is on YouTube. So I have seen it since. This is how I remember it was kind of six overtimes. Um, it got there's a brilliant part in it where I think it's between the third or the fourth overtime period where they're kind of fed up of being there and <clears throat> they're just hoping it ends. Um, to which I I had to look this up. So the game started. 6.40pm the game finished at 11.15pm so it was 4 hours and 35 minutes Um, and of course it went to 6 overtimes based over 10 minute periods Um, and Jeff Hode the former obviously Nottingham Panthers man, uh, mm. he scored the winning goal to put the Panthers through. 
Um, the unfortunate thing was that they had to play this the next day against Sheffield. Uh, After a game that's gone until nearly midnight. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, and ended up being pretty much a one-sided game uh, with the Steelers. The only thing I recall about the game is Frank Kovacs netting. And if you're a Storm fan, mm. you'll recall Kovacs having a, a little set to with uh, Jeff Lindsay at the time and breaking his nose in a fight. <laughs> but Lindsay being uh, something like five foot eleven or six foot one, and Kovacs is like six eleven, mm. somehow managed to like send him crashing to the ice. Um, I think it was more a case of he lost his balance than anything, but hey ho. Um. So yeah, the ninety-seven, oh, ninety-seven, the ninety-seven playoff, 96, 97. yeah, semi-final. Because I was always convinced it was like ninety-seven, ninety-eight, but that was um, strangely enough, that was there again. That was there against Cardiff, and my first and only top-flight playoffs weekend I've ever been to. Um, who was it? Manchester. One more than me. Mm. So I remember everyone cheering Cardiff, hoping they'd stop air winning the Grand Slam. Didn't happen. But nowadays, no one cheers for Cardiff. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not bad with Cardiff. It goes into that thing, isn't it? Just like people get fed up when teams sort of go on a hot streak. Hmm. Like. Teams tend to have like three or well, four or five years where they tend to win a fair bit and they tend to be up there and people for some reason just start hating them. And yeah. Fans are weird. But it's... I mean, the, the one I can recall is Manchester for, for that, the, the EPL playoffs. Yeah. In the fact that I think... I think it was just everyone hated Hand, to be honest. <laughs> I think that was one of... Although we're fed up of... This thing. this is the whole thing where I never I never quite got into that whole hatred of it. And I was very much in that era of anyone but Guildford. Yeah, because that, that seemed to be the thing. Because I remember we faced Peter. I think it could have been mostly a southern hatred against the north. Because uh, I remember we made the. I didn't go to the first playoff weekend for the EPL. Um, the second one was against um, Milton Keynes that I went to, and we lost in overtime when we we scored twice in the last minute. When it was uh, Pavel Gominyuk and then Tony Han scoring the equaliser, but I remember everyone cheering for MK. Um, the following year, we faced Sheffield, when Sheffield were pretty much the. Uh, Thought they were the Broad Street bullies of the EPL that season. That was the year you had Yanis uh, Ozilin's God Mode, wasn't it? Yes, he was the only one that was scoring, uh, and the others. You had Greg Wood just basically winding everyone up. Um, ben Morgan was pretty much doing the same. Uh, Andre Payet was having a beer thrown at him from Grant McPherson. <laughs> Um, I've seen that video. That's <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, and that was one of them games where we we kind of had like a 
two-goal lead heading into like the final five minutes. We just collapsed like a pack of cards. Uh, or house cards, even. Um, to which everyone was cheering for Sheffield. And then the following year, we beat Basingstoke. Faced... No, we didn't. We, Guildford in the final. Yeah, we faced... Uh, who did we beat? Basingstoke in the semi-final. Yeah, we, was, we, we lost to... It was Phone v. Lyle, and yeah. that was... Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I might as well touch on, on, my, on my second memorable one. Uh, the semi-final yeah, against Basingstoke from 2013. Um, most Phoenix fans around that, or were Phoenix fans that went, uh, will automatically go for the the playoff final win against Guildford. And as much as it, it was a, a good day for us, um, the, the semi-final, I always thought the semi-finals were always better than the finals, myself. From the times I've been to them, for the most part, yeah, especially in the EPL. Yeah, yeah. If, in yeah. the EPL era, and it always seemed to involve Manchester in some, in some shape or form. It was either we'd never played that well, or we'd battle back and make the games interesting. Whereas the other ones were always blowouts. Because, because the year we faced Milton Keynes and lost in the, the final minute of overtime, um, Guildford played. Peterborough, who I think were decimated because half the team was with the under-18s. So they had literally mm. no youth players. They had a very small squad and got thrashed, I think, 6-1 or 6-0 in, in the second semi-final. Um, and then... I'll say that, that that final was actually a good one when it was MK and Guildford. Guildford won. Um, but kind of sorting through all the the mess and everything. Um, the twenty thirteen semi Manchester in Basingstoke. Um, Basingstoke, I think, had just started to become one of the real challenges in the league at that point. I mean, they'd, they'd been there, but they were never they weren't really doing much at a time. Um, and then I think it was, I think either Doug Shepard just taken over the year before this, or a couple of years before, kind of got them going. Um, yeah, if I remember, that was the year they had Doug, Greg Chambers, they picked up Yaroslav Chesky from yeah. Telford as well. Mm. They had Stevie Lyle in goal. Yeah. It was. I, it, it seemed to be pretty much defence wins trophies, which it does. Um, but then they seem to rely far too much on Lyle in games that I recall. <laughs> that wasn't just a trait of Basingstoke, because obviously mm. he spent the next three seasons in Swindon, mm. and they did the exact same thing. Yeah. I think it was just a case of Steve Lyle is arguably the greatest British netminder ever. Mm. Well, he's definitely he's, he's, he's in there. He's in. He's definitely up there. Yeah. But the problem with that is, is that defenders saw, oh, that's Steve Lyle, and they didn't have to bother. Yeah. When they put backups in, it was, oh, God, we actually have to defend tonight. Like, Lyle can't just keep save our butts. To which one, one game which you, you'll either pull me up and say, 
that's that's a lie. Um, or you'll probably agree. And I think it was the the semi final with Swindon up in Manchester when Manchester drubbed Swindon. The cup semi final. Yeah. To which well, that's that's the story for an entire episode of that book. Like, there you go. We found our filler. <laughs> we have found the filler. We can go. We can go through this. To, to which I seem to remember Swindon. I can't. Was that the first or the second leg? The first leg was in Swindon, and they won four two. They were coming back to Manchester. They were coming up to Manchester with a two goal lead, and I travelled. All the way from where I lived at the time in Southampton yeah. to Manchester for it, where you met, you yeah. very kindly met me at the train station. Yeah. To, to which I seem to recall we did a Speedway podcast that never actually got put out. We did. And, and then I think I seem to recall you trying to draw money out and the card wouldn't get accepted. Yeah, yeah my card wouldn't get accepted because uh, it didn't, I thought it had been stolen. Because I was in Manchester. Yes. Well, Altrincham. Altrincham is not Manchester as, as much as people like to say it is. It is. I was in the Altrincham Ice and so it's one of those games where, <laughs> you can tell me from your perspective. Yeah. I was there thinking four two. Was it four two? Was it three all? No, it was three all. Sorry, it was level. Mm. It was level. That's why. And you went up there thinking, I'm like. The team we had at the time was like, all right, I'm quietly confident that we could do it, but I'm not going to get my hopes too far up. Yeah. And I think it was end of the first period, it was still relatively close. And then from there, it became the night of living hell. <laughs> it just... It, it's, it, it, it's that case I remember of that game being of... if When you have a good friend, when, you, when you're on opposing teams... It's almost like, yeah, I want to win, but not this, <laughs> in this fashion. Um, I, want, to I which, want to win, but I don't want to blow them yeah. out of the sea. <laughs> to which I'm trying to remember if there was a podcast that There night. was, yeah. there was. Um, <laughs> if I could find that, that would have been interesting to, to hear. Um, I believe the one, po- the one pointless stat I always remember from that game is that Swindon became, I believe, and I've, I've gone back and checked this through what I can, hmm. only the second team to both score 10 and concede 10 in the same week. <laughs> Surely Romford must have suffered that. I, I don't believe, I've gone through lots and lots of game sheets, and it's so far, it's the only one I've found it in. And I've just found the, the game sheet for... Said dubious game. Final score was Manchester ten, Swindon five. It was three all after the first leg, and after half an hour, it was six nil Manchester. Yeah, I remember that. James Archer went postal and scored five. This the the thing I re- I remember interviewing him, um, for for when I first started my my journalistic hockey career. Basically, I'd, I'd do like a really bad sports blog. Uh, and I interviewed him. And I remember bringing it up, saying how he'd scored. I think it was, was it four goals he did? Five. Five. Because uh, I remember asking him uh, about that game. And he goes, yeah, I was feeling extremely unwell all day. 
and I and I and I remember. I think I've still got the interview somewhere. Uh, and, and I made a joke saying, "Well, in that case, you probably wish you you have more days like that if it means you score five. And he kind of gave me a blank expression. Uh, and and Jim that that you know as well, Tambo. Mm. Uh, he helped me get the interview. <laughs> kind of just looked at Archer, looked at me, and there's this awkward pause, and he just goes, nah, not really. Yeah, I'm trying to feel better. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Trust me, I felt a lot worse after that game, because yeah. surprisingly enough, a 500-mile round trip to watch your team get pumped 10-5 is never the highlight of anyone's day. And to be fair... To be credit to Manchester, they did let Swindon get a couple of goals again because they put George L. Hadge in there. Shout, shout out to George, who plays on my ball hockey team. Yeah. To which I only found out the other week that I've been using his old goal goalie stick and still <laughs> use his old goalie stick. And it's heavy as hell. So, shout out to George. But yeah, that that's that game against Swindon. I'll be honest, it doesn't really rate in my uh, memorable no. things, due it, mainly it, to the fact it, it was a cup game, not a playoff game. So, <laughs> but go back to the uh, Manchester United one. I just going I, while you were talking, I just there uh, I fired up the uh, game sheet. From, Good because I couldn't find it. By <laughs> God, there are some names on that game. That game. Uh, if you go down the Bison list first, you've got uh, Greg Owen scored yes. in the game. Future GB International, Zach mm-hmm. Sullivan playing for the Bison. Tony Redmond, I think that was his last big hurrah mm. was that game. I could be wrong. I, I've got a, a good story as well. Uh, Joe Miller, Greg Chambers, Stuart Mogg, Doug Shepard, Stevie Lowe, Yaroslav Chesky, the infamous Nicky Watt, mm. Carl Graham, Joe Rand and Joe Greener, who was everyone's favourite Bison player yeah. and then on the Phoenix side of it you had James Archer Robert Schnabel Luke Boothroyd Joachim Flatten yeah. Tony Hand James Neal Michael Cerny Ben Wood Tom Duggan Andre Poserville Steve Phone Andre Poserville Barry McKenzie Andy McKinney and quite possibly the best skater I've ever seen in Liam Chong yes who Ch- Chong was definitely one of the unsung heroes that year in the fact that he kind of started off a tad slowly and then around Christmas time really picked things up and arguably was possibly our, our player of the season or at least in contention for player of the season. So, I mean, I've nothing, obviously, he is still playing occasionally yeah. down my way for the Champions mm. Chieftains and I got to watch him play back in January when the Devils went there. And even though it's seven years later, he is still just a fantastic skater. Yeah. And you're what, like, obviously, my role with the Devils, obviously, you're like, I could go to the change room and we're hearing guys talk about it and just be like, what do we do? <laughs> what do we, how do we stop him? Because he would just skate circles around people and he still does. So I'm trying to think if it's in. It might be a completely different game I'm thinking of, but there's one where I think it's a power. Uh, a penalty kill and he skated two full laps of the ice with the puck 
and then decided to go behind the opposing net and hold the puck there for near enough the rest of the power play. Uh, or the penalty kill, sorry. Um, and then was absolutely shattered <laughs> when he got back to the bench. They thought, yeah, you, you've, I, you've done I, your I job. Like yeah. To, to which we were, it, being a, a Tony Hand Manchester team, it was two-line hockey, so he wouldn't have had much time to kind of have a breather. He'd have been sit down, get a drink of water, have a have a deep breath, right? Get back out there for another kind of yeah. four-minute shift, and then come back. I think that was the one problem the Phoenix always had from when I was watching it. It was just it was two-line hockey for the most part. Occasionally, the third line would do something. Yeah. The budget was all just blown on imports for the most part and high-end quality Brits. Because it was... I always remember the, the case of when the, they went into the EPL. The um, At the time we had Dave Bigger that used to be one of the big players for the old Manchester Storm. I think he was the managing director at the, the Manchester Arena at the time, or 9X. Um, and then he came back to Phoenix the season they went from elite to EPL and said uh, we'll have more money because we are not in the elite and it's going to be a case of quality over quantity to which mm. every single Phoenix programme I recall getting I'd always count up like the players and it was always kind of like 15 for Phoenix and like 21 for like the opposition mm. or it always seemed to be that case um, always was in the years that I ended up watching Phoenix it always tended to be around like say 15, 16, yeah. 17 that kind of Yeah, I, I it, think was, it was always a case that the Phoenix was a lot shorter than everybody else yeah because it used to tell by the when they do the national anthems on the blue line it was just like mm. I mean Gil, Guildford and Telford over the years, you'd look to see him. It was like they had no room for like the players on the blue line. They ran out, and they literally had to kind of line up behind each other in a line, just so they could at least fit everyone on the blue line. That's how ridiculous it got at times. Um, but the there's one player in the in the Phoenix lineup there, Flatten, who had arguably one of he was one of the best players we had. He was great. He, he always popped up with important goals. Always a solid player. Chipped in with assists as well. Arguably, he may have been a better playmaker than Hand was that season. Um, but the thing was, everyone kind of expected him to go on to like a better club or go somewhere else and improve. I think that was his final... The playoff final, I think, was his final game. I think he just sort of disappeared off the face of the ball. Just yeah. Because I think he, he may have signed for someone, but I don't think he actually got ice time. Uh, so, going through the ever-reliable uh, elite prospects, he only... Manchester Phoenix, the playoff final was his last ever game. He signed for El, Elks Marka in the fourth tier of Norwegian hockey in 2015-16. Yeah. But never played again. Yeah. So effectively, he was retired at the age of 26. Yeah. Which is a shame because, as you said, like 
for that year, the year I saw him, he was the reliable one on that team. Yeah. If you needed a big goal, he'd be the one that would chip mm. up and get it. Because you, you had Hand was always going to be the playmaker. You had Michael Cerny would kind of score the odd goal off you. Uh, and Flatter would kind of be the the impact player. So if he had a poor game, he would chip in now and then and score like an important one. Um, but then again, the I mean the one one player I can bring up in Andre Pozzaville. I think for the first part of the season, he he was a bit he was a bit like Schnabel was. Yep. Uh, in the case of Pozzerville said he he struggled to adapt at first, and then something clicked and he improved. Schnabel, I think, has gone on record saying for pretty much the first part of that season, he kind of expected it to be like a bit kind of easygoing and not as mm. high energy, uh, and then he realised he had to definitely knuckle down. And he said he enjoyed the second half of the season, and then the the following season he he retired after the uh, the playoff final. Um, but the the thing with Pospet, he he too he he chipped in with important goals. He he wasn't really meant to be an offensive defenseman, but yeah, well. with his uh his kind of mile high salute like Yaramir Yager, close. I mean, the closest you've got is the both from the Czech Republic. But saying that, I, I did watch him. And you've him. both seen them play live this year. <laughs> yes. I've seen Pozzaville play twice. Um, so, always good to see former <coughs> players. A bit weird when you, you normally hear people going shoot on a power play and then you hear it in German. But um, that's, that's, that's one for the for next week as we kind of discussed talking about foreign hockey alright I know what you're thinking you're thinking why isn't our sport called pucky instead of hockey I mean after all all the other major sports are named after the objects that are used in them football after the football baseball after the baseball tennis after the tennis but for some reason our sport is not named after the puck Logic says it should be called pucky, but it's not. It's called hockey. There's a reason for that. The reason is is because when our native aboriginals who invented this game on a cold, frozen pond, one day they, they were playing, and, and this hawk flew down and grabbed the puck at its beak and flew back to its nest and ate it. And they went back to their teepees, and they told their elders what happened. Hawk, eat, hawk, eat, hawk, eat. And that became what is now today the modern vernacular of hockey. Okay, let's hit the showers. Have you any more memories? Uh, so one, I've got, I've got two more games on here. So oh, I'll let one... you do the other two because I've kind of done the two that I thought of. Well, you've got. You've got enough time to try and think when I go through these. Yeah. So the one that means probably the most to me as it's so far the only playoff final I've actually been involved with from an off-ice perspective mm. 
is the South 2 playoff final from two years ago where the Solent Devils beat the Chelmsford Chieftains 6-1. Now, obviously, I'm well aware that a lot of the people are going to be thinking there's a South 2 for the first part of it. Oh, yeah. And so, a little bit of exploratory. There were a couple of teams in the old EPL that spent a bit above their means. And by a bit, we're talking a few hundred thousand. Shed load. One of them bought the entire league and bought all the star players and built an all-star team. We'll get to that one in a minute. And the other got kicked out of their rink and got people to buy gold bricks. No names mentioned. <laughs> so because of that, the EPL went bust in 2017. And teams were flying all over the place and no one knew what to do. And teams moved up, teams moved down, teams moved side to side and so on and so forth. Solent and Chelmsford, for the longest possible time, had been in South 1. Chelmsford always used to be in the EPL. Chelmsford dropped down to the EPL and became the big bad supervillain that the Phoenix did. This time for South 1 because they were the team that had the budget, they had the best players, they won the league every year. I think the second year I was involved in Devil, in, with the Devils was around was 2014-15 and Chelmsford won the quadruple. And likewise, after 2017, Chelmsford dropped down again because... Obviously, the EPL teams moved down into South 1. It had a knock-on effect. Yeah, South yeah. 1 teams moved into South 2. Solent and Chelsea moved down. Now, Solent, as some people may or may not know, but I'll give the little history lesson, play out of Planet Ice Gosport, which is a little tin shed of an ice pad that is barely 80 feet end-to-end. It is in a decrepit, run-down old building where the roof is only about 12 foot off the pad. It, the showers don't work. The changing rooms are minuscule. It's it's a real hellhole. <laughs> and I can say that because I work there. <laughs> but that's why they're called the Devils. Hell. Yes. If, if anyone had ever been to the old Isle of Wight rink, it is very much the same. Which is why Solent and White Link games always tended to be the closest ones for White Link. Because they, we were the only other team that seemed used to that playing in that style of rink of... You had to play narrow, you had to play fast, you couldn't afford to turn the puck over, everything was very cramped. I was just going to say, just before you... you uh, after you've done this, just look at that video I've sent you of a, a filed, and just tell me if it is similar to Gosport. I will do in a second. <laughs> so, Solent and Chelsea were, or Solent more in particular, were the pushing for the league title for the most part of it. Uh, Alex Murray, a very good he- head coach, does an awful lot with a budget of zero. And people can always post on THF wherever they want, but all Solent have a budget. Trust me, we don't. We can barely afford ice time at the most of the times of that year. Uh, we lost the league title in the second to last game of the season to the Oxford City Stars. And obviously, that usually brings people down... But if anything, it probably G'd them up. They wanted to go into the playoffs. Um, semi-final, this was the first year that South 2 had done a playoff-style weekend like they do in Coventry. And the Saturday, walked in, beat Guildford 6-1 as well, and went into Sunday thinking, right, Chelmsford. Um, Chelmsford were a team that Solent had only ever beaten once. And that was in Chelmsford in January before. It was the last time they met before the playoffs. And they went into Chelmsford and won 4-2. So, of course, 
was it's more of a sense of difficult, not impossible, as you've obviously know well from Phoenix games from Storm games. Mm. You have that attitude if you go and think of it. Yeah, we can do it. It's not like it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard for. It's going to be feisty. And so, the Solon team. If you go back and look through it, obviously, it's some names you won't recognise, and some that you may recognise, depending on how much of a stat badger you are on elite prospects. Mm. But after 40 minutes, the game was one all, and the second period got brought to a premature end when the league MVP for that year and all-round good guy Richard Facey got thrown out of the game for one of the worst high-stick calls in the history of the universe. And again, it is caught on tape. I'll have to try to find the video and send to you. But basically, he is chasing the puck down on already on a penalty kill, and a Chelmsford defender comes from one side, and a forward comes from the other side, and the Chelmsford forward hits his D-man in the mouth, <laughs> causing him to bleed. Ref's arm goes up. <laughs> goes, yeah, high stick. Chucks him out. Five and game. So Solent have to start the third period against a team that had scored the most goals in the league that year, had always been the bogeyman to everybody, <laughs> with five minutes to kill to start the third period. And of course, there was about 100, 125 Devils fans at the top tier of the John Knight that day, and all of that, oh, uh, that's how it ends. This, That's the kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, like, Start third comes out, right, get behind the team as you do. The first five minutes goes and nothing happens. Like there's very few shots, there's no goals, no, nothing nothing happens. And then they go straight down the other end as soon as the penalty's happened and we score. It's two one, it's like, what? <laughs> this is no, this isn't happening. Go to the face off. Puck gets dropped, back into the Chelsea zone, it's three one. <laughs> and it just kept building and building. And in the end, the Devils won 6-1. Three goals on the power players and looking at the game sheet here. And what quickly became a staple for the Devils of last year, this year, and the year before was they scored four goals in six minutes in a, in a playoff final is coming in clutch. But they won 6-1 with the best netminder in the league, Christian Cole, 32 saves out of 33 on the line and a 96.9 save percentage. It's not going to be... It, it will never go down as like the best game of hockey you've ever seen. But as someone who had been working there in a volunteer role, obviously, since 2013, who that year had obviously started taking on much more of a role, so that was the year I started taking over as a social media man. I was assistant general manager, technically. I traveled to all the games. It just meant so much on that as a fan and as a... Someone who worked there. Only annoying thing is I never got a medal for that one. <laughs> I have a runners-up medal over in the other side of the room from the year after. But so, I don't have that one. So couldn't you just get like some hockey tape, put it across runners-up and just go... Change it. Yeah. Dip it in gold. The thing is as well, it's, like, um, it's something that a lot of hockey fans know that People are inclined to be biased towards their team. Um, I love the Devils the bits, but I wouldn't say I'm a Devils fan at heart. Mm. I've always been a Wildcats fan. It's I was grown up going to the Link Centre. I'll still go to the Link Centre for many years. Mm. But as someone obviously who has run the Facebook and Twitter pages now for three years, and I get 
all of the comments that people say about the Devils, about the rink, about some of the players. And it drives me mad because for some reason there are people out there who just hate on that team. I can understand hating the rink. The rink is Mm. rubbish. But there are some players on that team who do not deserve the hate they get. There is a certain other hockey podcast that I will not mention who very publicly dragged the names of several players, the staff and the team through the mud when the hockey season was brought to a premature end Mm. that don't know the full truth about what happened on that day. Mm. Obviously, when coronavirus came into the world and obviously started causing hockey games to the hockey season to end prematurely, we were one of the first ones to make a call to cancel a game before we had to. And there are there are some people I will definitely will never forgive for that because I basically had to sit at London Waterloo train station to go down to that game and had to announce that the game was off and my phone didn't stop buzzing for the next six hours. We got called every name under the sun. And <laughs> that was just the peak of like, why? Why? <laughs> I was going to say, I seem to recall that day of, because I, I remember you posting something, and I thought, right, see what's happened. I remember you messaging me eventually, and just saying, yeah, my phone has not stopped going off. And then kind of, because I'm sure at one point or, or a couple, you forgot you was talking to me. <laughs> you were that much in in, yeah, in the zone of still. Give being, it a few months, and I could go through everything club. that happened that day, but no word of lie, and I counted it up in the six hours after I had to announce the game against Streatham was called off. My phone went off nearly seven hundred times, <laughs> just of utter not, and it was still going for like days after it of just fans and players. And people associated quite high up in the teams in the English Ice Hockey Association making some downright disgusting comments about Solon. Mm. They get there are a few people in and around that place who probably deserve it. Yeah, the vast majority of people who particularly work there as part of the backroom staff of that team didn't deserve anywhere near the amount of abuse we got that weekend. Got some sort of British hockey though, doesn't it really? <laughs> it does. But I'll move on to the the uh, lighter heart of it, the third the third game that I put down. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I have got a third game. Good. And again, it goes down the list of games that will never probably be considered the best, but they mean the most. Mm. And it is... <laughs> if I'm going to give you actually I'll, we'll turn it into a little game here go on I'm going to give you the season I'm going to give you the league oh god you have to tell me the game you can try it is it's a test of your memory Pete you've proven already that you have quite a good memory for retro so 2014-2015 right. English Premier Ice Hockey League playoffs yeah what game 
Oh, is uh, is this going to be the one we've spoken about before? Is this uh, Manchester v Swindon? It is not. Oh, no way was I picking that game. I, I, I have that game is genuinely the only time I have ever walked away from an ice rink and felt my heart break. That was kind of the same for me, but probably for different reasons. Yeah, you felt bad for me. That was <laughs> no. If if you remember, that was the night where we should all all Manchester fans should have been cheering and being happy we were making a final. That was the year after. Oh, was it? Yes, you're getting your years mixed up. Ah, see, I'm I'm not hockey. Yep. I'm not hockey orientated. I confuse. It is a playoff semi final. Ooh. 90... 14-15 okay. EPL semi-final. So we won it in 13. So it might... No, no, no. I was going to say Manchester, but it can't be Manchester. But it could be. Because we... we No. You know what? I can't even remember who was in... It wasn't Telford. Oh... 2014? Oh, 20... 2014. The 2014-15 supplier. So 2015-15, effectively. Yeah. Um, was it Telford? It was Telford. Was it against Peterborough? Correct. We got there eventually. Telford Tigers 2, Peterborough Phantoms 4. And I put down two notes for why I love that game. One is just that atmosphere when the Tigers came out that day that this was the height of the Telford Tigers money splurging Wayne Skulls era Hmm. it was they bought the league they went from last to first in a league nearly they had some very good players but they'd overspent their means yeah and you have never heard I still have to this day heard 2,000 people boo a team onto the ice so loudly in my life. It was deafening. I was at ice level, stood with uh, a couple of our mates, yeah. uh, Tom and Aaron, yeah. and it was just so loud that we were laughing our heads off. It was insane. I was going to say, was is this the, the playoff semi that kind of kicked off weeks later? Over the uh, image rights. Correct. This yes, is the I, I remember. This is the other note that I put on down there. Is just the greatest goal never to be seen again. Yeah. From the man that everyone loved, regardless of which team he supported, in Darius Plaskowskis. Yeah. Who put the absolute dagger to it by getting the puck at centre ice, flipping it one way round the defender, spinning the other and then toe-dragging Sam Gospel out of his jockstrap and roofing it. It is the greatest goal I've ever seen live, and there is no videotape of it, because the Telford Tigers owner, Wayne Skulls, threw his toys out the pram and refused to let the semi-final be on the DVD. Yes, to which I seem to recall also, he said if Peterborough fans wanted to see it, he would give them the DVD for a charge. Which probably would have been more expensive than if you'd got Bought the, the DVD. actual DVD. Because he but, says they there is nothing in the 
EIHA, that or the EPL, that states um, that they are allowed to use the likenesses and everything that goes together. He for... properly threw his toys out. Oh yeah, God, of course he did. I don't know honestly your things of that because you would have been you were sat in behind the goal where Sam Grossman came out. Yes. In the Phoenix block. Mm. And I don't know honestly what your memories of that game are, but the, just the things that stand out for me were just the atmosphere of the crowd. Yeah. Just everybody in the anyone but Telford. You know what? Was immense. It's it's the only time that I can ever recall. I mean, when people used to cheer anyone but Guildford, it was probably done light-hearted. Chokey. Yeah. yeah. Some some fans would have took it the wrong way. However, when everyone was going anyone but Telford, they I have it. it's the closest to kind of like elite banter you see now yeah. that I have ever come across in an EPL rink. Or EPL based kind of weekend. It, it, the atmosphere for that first semi final was vicious. Yeah, it was. It was properly. It was proper old school hockey of just. You could tell that everyone was supporting the Phantoms. They just yeah. wanted to see Telford lose. Every hit I seem to recall was cheered massively, even okay. if it wasn't even a hit. No. Even if it was and like then, a grazing or a slight push on the glass, it was cheered like it was a kind of like a Marion Gabrick flick over kind of like Dominic Hasek's challenge when he came out running. That's how it was just, greeted. And then just that Plaskowska's goal where it put the nail in the coffin, it made it 4 2 with two minutes to go. Yeah. And just that mix of reaction of. Oh my God! What have I just seen? Yeah, and everyone erupting because they knew that was it. Mm. <laughs> they knew that was the game. <laughs> to, to which I'm trying to remember who used the the quote is um, super Cali fragilistic Darius Plaskowskis, which is still one of the best kind of phrases in sport, and it annoys me who. Who made it, and I cannot recall. Uh, I believe it may have been Patrick Smith. Yeah, it would not surprise a, me. I want to say Anthony Russell. Patrick Smith on his appearance on the Phoenix podcast. Is this minus alcohol, or...? Uh, who knows? Uh, but that, I mean, the on slightly going off topic, the talking about podcast, the best one was uh, Russian Night. I, I've heard always... stories of this, and I have never. Uh... Ha- have you Have you ever heard the podcast? No. I've I'm, heard stories I'm sure them. I've got it somewhere on the computer, and I will have to send it you because I will. S- I still listen to it now and then. In the whole setup of what should have happened, and what actually did happen. So I have just uh, loaded up the video you've sent me of the Phoenix game in filed. Hmm. To, all I'm going to say is that rink um, it's the only time that I have urinated next to a ice hockey player at a game in the fact that there is no toilets at that rink in the changing rooms 
you literally had to go to the men's room if you needed to go. So I think one game, I am either basically stood doing my own business. And I've got Derek Rail that played for Basing Salt Bison. Uh, and then the next period, I had James Neal next to me. Um, which, is, which is great because you, I just recall the players just walking, wandering around the arena. Uh, you can't even say arena, the rink. The rink. Um, it definitely wasn't an arena. Yeah. In in the fact that it had the shoddiest... Well, there was no stand. This is the thing about it. They had two kind of raised floorings. Um, so it was like a wooden... A little wooden step behind the benches that you could see the ice. Mm. The only problem was when you stood on it and a team would then go on the bench. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't see anything. Um, and if you went in the stands, you had to climb a very rickety ladder that was wooden that was stuck with gaffer tape. I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Gosport is definitely still worse. I, I mean, that's, Gos- a, that's a proud Gosport. boast has a capacity, we are only allowed by Planet Ice rules 300 people in the rink the seating is literally like those old style staircase kind of things that double up as seats you can't actually see one end of the ice to the other in some places it's it's an experience <laughs> It's it seems very similar to how I thought Filed was yes, because on that clip, or the video I've sent you that looks far better viewing than I ever had. <coughs> to which you either had to... You could have one goal. So the left hand is you're watching it, obviously. Mm. You could see. The only you way... The, the only way you could see the other end was you had to hope the players didn't go fully down the bench. And you had to hope there was no stanchion in the way either. Yeah, that is a uh, that is probably the only real rig that I can recall that has stanchions going through the middle of it as well. The only other rink I can think of that has obstructions is Milton Keynes. Yeah, um, yeah, Milton Keynes is probably the only other one. Hmm. To, to which is mind, mind you, I've only ever been to Milton Keynes in the most recent years when the Thunder have been playing there. And you are fully free to walk around and find wherever the hell you want to sit because there's about 40 people in the ring. Mm. To which, when I went to Milton Keynes a couple of years ago, I remember just getting myself something to eat and a hot dog, standing by the glass watching Manchester warm up and being... um, I, I can't even say politely, but being sternly told to move away because I was stood in their standing area because at Milton Keynes there is literally season tickets by the glass yes which I didn't know and if I'd known I wouldn't have stood there but I was literally stood by the away bench um, talking to the bus driver I know Greg um, who's also and you're like this, due to its cricketing thing. He 
always drives the opposing cricket teams. So whenever yeah. England play a rival nation, so Pakistan, South Africa, Australia, he's the one that drives them to all the all it's across not a bad Britain. Job, is it? Plus the fact he's if it's for the women's as well, he will drive them along. So when Australia come, they have first dips on him. <laughs> to which he is friends with literally every single Australian female uh, cricketer and got designated a Australian hat with a kangaroo that basically sticks out and is referred to as Grego. Grego? <laughs> um, to which I recall seeing him during England and England on Australia in the Women's World Cup a few years ago down at Bristol. <clears throat> He was wearing an Australian hat. And they had to say to him, why are you wearing a kangaroo hat? To which he informed him, he is the driver for Australia. There's definitely worse jobs around. Well, he did have a photo with David Warner, but let's not hold it against him. Can't say my feelings on David Warner, I'll get banned. If, all, if only this was a... I could sense Sports podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened to them days. <laughs> we go on for three hours. <laughs> yes, pr- pretty much. Talking about badminton teams from New Zealand, but that's... Anything and everything. Yeah. Uh, I think we literally did. I think that was why it was three hours. Yep. Now we've streamlined it down to an hour and we'll break it up into more episodes. Oh, yes. So, um, that's that's literally. I have no memories from playoffs now. No. I mean, as EPL weekends, but uh, the only things I you, can you remember the weekends as a whole really. You don't remember individual games. Uh, well, as I said, you posted the video yesterday from uh, a speedway meeting at Coventry, where yeah. you said you missed the stadium, and as I pointed out, that was. <laughs> the day before we first met in the yeah. windmill, twenty thirteen, twenty thirteen, and, and Fishgate I sat the other side of the track. Yeah, and Fishgate, which will no doubt <clears throat> will get brought up sometime. We'll have to talking about anyway. blooming Fishgate. <laughs> but before we end the podcast, uh, if I can, because I know you probably will hate me for this, Go if on. I can just do a little plug, because I know obviously you will probably have posted this by the time it happens. Uh, I run the Twitter page at NIHL Stats, which has done stats for every NIHL division this year. Uh, by the time this comes out, it will probably have had the nominations go up for Player of the Year and Under-21 Player of the Year for every single division. Uh, the awards are announced on Sunday after the National Team of the Year, which I have timed for what should have been the first semi-final face-off on Saturday in Coventry. So, have a look! Have a vote! See who you think would be Player of the Year. Have you any takes, or are they completely um, neutral? Uh, well, this would come down to... Maybe we'll have to do a show on it afterwards, because basically <laughs> I have spent much of the last year basically becoming a statistical anorak and helping out certain hockey teams, one of which I can't mention <laughs> for reasons, in um, 
basically just doing a statistical analysis on teams, basically stuff that the NHL does. I've been doing in NHL. See, that's that's something I can fill. <laughs> something if, we can talk about. If, if it's if it's not m- talking about my hockey career, which makes it sound like I'm some kind of professional. I we believe Wayne Gretzky once called you the great one, wasn't it? Uh, well, he did, but that was when I was having a block of cheese and a cheese grater. But that's a, a different story. Um, or maybe he was just saying I was great. Um, yes. Well, as, as Graham Kelly used to say on the FA Cup draws, that concludes the episode. I have no idea what the next... I think... I think we agreed it's literally going to be my we'll have, my history. Yeah, we can do you. I can I can interview let's, you. Let, whoa, 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 let's let, let's use a different term of phrase now. Well, buy your dinner first. Yeah. I, I can I can interview you and because uh, I'm a, talk about I'm you cheap. for a, an hour. Yeah, <laughs> an hour. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll 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 sort something out. We'll probably do a few episodes. Or maybe two episodes and then kind of merge them into one. Hey, hey, we've got a lot of time to fill over the summer. <laughs> summer? What? What's, what is this summer you speak of? Now the thing you're indoors for. <laughs> yeah. Now, now is the summer of our discontent. That William Shakespeare play you never heard. <clears throat> or cared for. Or wanted to hear. Um, to which I've just had a thought oh, over this uh, period. I wonder if I can try and get our mutual friend Ben to come on talk about Swindon. Or will he be too busy? Too busy at the moment, I think. Uh, I, may, I may still put it to him. We'll have to get him on at some point. Mostly because I don't know anyone up north other than yeah. one other person. But uh, Yeah, that's a different thing. Oh, this is going to be fun editing. Thank you to Scutsy once again. You would, I would say, you, thank you for coming on. But literally, we have sod all to do. So this is pretty I much. Yeah. Either that, or it's just doing a podcast or a vlog and just including our NHL games. But you know, less said the better. Um. So that's episode free in the can uh thank you for listening again joe do you want to plug the website again twitter yeah, uh, twitter at nihl stats it will come up straight away with a picture of pete's favorite hockey logo in the world the gb ice hockey lion yeah <coughs> so more on that next week <laughs> yeah um so thank you for listening and goodbye